Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the USA Today Network, welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. And welcome back to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast, the spring edition of the show, episode four of the spring. Ryan Ross here with Chris Eisman recapping another week of spring practice for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, continuing to iron out the kinks, try to find the best combination of starting lineups and backups and so on and so forth. We're going to break it all down for you after another week of practice. As I said, I'm joined by Chris Eisman. Chris, uh, another week in the books here, the Scarlet Knights practicing hard, working for that spring game. What did you see in practice this week that caught your attention? Yeah, so we're now at the just about past the halfway point of, of spring practice. It's going quickly. Um, and as you said, as that April 22nd spring game approaches. Um, yeah, listen, I mean, it, it's it's a lot of, you know, what we've been seeing for, you know, the entire time here. It's just a lot of evaluations. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, Ryan. Somebody asked me the other day um, whether, you know, there's any kind of a difference between spring practice or, or training camp or in-season practices, like, you know, difference in intensity. And I'll tell you what, like, if you just showed up one day, I mean, you would have no idea if it was, if we were in April or if we were in the middle of October, you know, and, and Rutgers was preparing for a game. I mean, the practices – um, kind of the every, everybody, you know, there's a lot of energy, a lot of intensity. Um, they approach this as if, uh, you know, it's, it's in the middle of the season. So, you know, that's, that obviously stems from, you know, a lot of what, uh, Greg Shiano preaches and about, um, you know, going all out, you know, every play. And, um, so he's talked a lot about that and, and the players have talked about the intensity and the competition within the, within the practices too. So, you know, that's been an interesting thing to watch. It, it's, uh, you know, I think that there's just a lot of, as we've talked about before, so many competition, uh, you know, position battles and things like that. So, you know, that's definitely been standing out. Yeah, and that seems like something you've been saying really all spring. Every time we've done this show each week, it seems like every week that we get together and, and do this podcast that the intensity is continuing to build. And at least from your observations there, uh Obviously, that's what you want to see. Uh, that's what the coaching staff wants to see. And like you said, that's what Greg Schiano preaches. And of course, we have a lot of new coaches uh, in the fold as well, so that that message is getting down to them. And then, of course, being relayed to the players, that's certainly a positive to see for the Scarlet Knights. Uh, this is like, as I said, it's a fact-finding mission here in the spring. So it's not only about getting the guys in shape, getting them into the program, getting them used to to Big Ten football, to Rutgers football for some of the newcomers. But it is about discovering what your best combinations are, who your starters are, who your backups are, uh, getting guys accustomed to maybe new roles and new positions. So it is a fact-finding mission, the fact that this intensity continues to step up. That has to be a positive uh, for Rutgers fans to be able to hear that uh, from their coach and from uh, guys like you, Chris, that are at these practices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what you want, you know, and that's where this program has to go. And, and you know, Greg Shiano has talked about it before, you know, what worked the last two seasons, what worked last season is is not going to be good enough anymore, right? I mean, you have to get better. You have to take steps as a program. 
And we know that this is a very young team. We've talked about it a lot, you know, these past few weeks. We know this is a young team, but they have to, you know, kind of develop. I don't want to say develop quickly, but prepare for what's going to be a very difficult, challenging Big Ten schedule. So, you know, that that starts now. And and listen, nothing's going to be settled in train in, in spring practice. I mean, nothing, you know, I, I, I don't there, there's a long way to go between now and the season opener at Boston College. And, and a lot of this is going to continue into training camp. But these impressions of the, the, what players are trying to show now and trying to earn their jobs, that goes a long way. And, you know, when you show up when you're a player and you're going all out in spring practices, you know, that makes a good impression on your coaches. And so, you know, again, you know, spring practices will end on April 22nd with the spring game. And then obviously, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of time in the weight room for these players until training camp starts. And then a lot of this will continue. So, you know, we'll be there for all of it because um, certainly, you know, th- this is going to be an intriguing season. You know, they have a lot of a lot more Big Ten caliber talent in the program, but those guys are young. And, and so that's going to come with some some struggles. Um, it's not always going to be easy. But, uh, you know, again, that, that preparation starts now. Absolutely. I mean, that's really the whole point of spring. It's building that foundation. And, and like you said, nothing's set in stone quite yet. There will still be some questions at the end of spring practice. There will still be some questions once fall training camp starts up. But it's about building that foundation, knowing what you have in front of you. And then when it does come time to start game planning for Boston College and the rest of the schedule, you have that foundation from the spring to build on. Speaking of foundations, kind of the foundation of really any successful team, especially in the Big Ten. And it's something that we have talked about Quite a lot in four episodes of this podcast, but it's the offensive line. And we definitely want to focus on the offensive line a little bit more for this episode. Because as we said, we have some newcomers. Uh, They were kind of a a puzzle piece last year. And I don't know if they really ever figured out quite the the jigsaw last year. So they, uh, they did not. And they're trying to plug in and play some guys. They have, of course, newcomers to the program, guys that were in high school last year coming into the program. They have transfers coming to Piscataway as well. So kind of the, the shuffle continues for the offensive line. But when you look at this group, Chris, what uh, what have you seen in the past few weeks? So we talk about this a lot, as you said, and we talked about it a lot last season, the season before that, you know, and so far in the spring, because it's one of the biggest issues that this team has faced since Greg Schiano came back to Piscataway for his second stint. When he returned the program, and I wrote this in a story today, the, the team had more wide receivers in the program than offensive linemen. I mean, there was just no depth. He even said at one point, you know, that that the position had really deteriorated, you know, in, in the time that, you know, he was away. And, and when he came back, it was something that he had to rebuild. He and the coaching staff had to address. It was a big issue. And Rutgers just didn't have, A, enough really talent in the program and at offensive line to compete consistently. And they didn't have the depth. So there just wasn't at, – at some point, you just kind of run out of people to, you know – to try and, and use his options. I mean, they moved players over from defense um, at times. And obviously a guy like Ireland Brown, who, who made that move in season, and he's actually progressed pretty well. Um, but they really have addressed that, that need uh, this off season. And they signed seven offensive linemen in the class of 2022, but those guys are freshmen. They're going to need time to develop, especially in the big 10. It's very, very difficult for a true freshman to really make an impact in this conference. We'll see if any of them can, um, there's still a lot of long ways to go, but that they, they're probably going to need time more than likely. So you bring in the four transfers, J.D. Dorenzo, Curtis Dunlap, Mike Chifoni, and Willie Tyler. Those guys have experience. A guy like Curtis Dunlap played at Minnesota. Um, you know, he, and so he has valuable Big Ten experience, and we talked to Augie Hoffman about that, and we'll hear more from him uh, soon. Um, 
So that that was a big deal. And now, look, I mean, they're coming in and they're going to vie for spots and see what they can do. And, you know, can they can they earn starting roles um, and, and how much of an impact can they have? But it was certainly something that Rutgers needed to do because and, and Shiano has, has never sugarcoated this. He has never you know tried to downplay it. He's been very blunt about the fact that this offense will only go as far as the offensive line will take it. And obviously, as we have all seen the last two seasons, it has not gone far nearly far enough. So. Nothing is certain. We don't know for sure whether or not these transfers are going to make the difference. But the fact is that Rutgers now has options on the offensive line. They have competition within that unit, guys battling for spots. That is not something that they have had much of the last couple of years. And Augie Hoffman is a, was a very, very accomplished offensive lineman himself at Boston College. He spent some time in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints. Um, he was a, a stud offensive lineman, obviously the former St. Joe's regional coach. I've known Augie a long time. Uh, I think he's a, he's a really good coach. He connects well to his players. And I think that he's going to be able to really make a difference there. Um, and obviously, as with that depth, I think that he now has, you know, more players to evaluate. And, you know, Greg Schiano and, and he are going to, you know, have some have some work to do as they try and figure out what the best five is. We'll see if they find that best five and, and how quickly they can do it. But, you know, that's certainly going to be a top priority because, um, as, as we've said, they, they continue to tinker and, Listen, injuries didn't help. You know, they lost mm-hmm. Reggie Sutton after the third game last season. He was their most versatile lineman, arguably arguably their best lineman. So injuries certainly didn't help. But, uh, you know, uh, fixing this issue is, is going to be a, a huge, huge priority going into 2022. Yeah, and Augie Hoffman, like you said, he'll have his hands full trying to, to figure out the best combination of guys. Uh, like you said, he has plenty of experience at the position and plenty of experience developing talent that comes over from the high school level. Greg Schiano, of course, this past week, he was asked once again about the offensive line. He's talked about it a lot this spring, but here's what the Rutgers head coach had to say this past week. Look, we were not very good, so I don't know if there is a key piece, right? I mean, a key piece to what? We were 120th ranked offense in America, and that line, as I said at the beginning of the year, we're not going to go any further than our line takes us. So I would be hesitant to get too caught up in a key piece. What we're looking for is key pieces. And, um, you know, today there were some good things, but not enough. We're going to have to just continue to work at building that. Uh, We have seven guys coming in. Uh, as freshmen, so we have what three of them here now, so we'll get four more, um, and we just got to keep building it. You know, it's uh, it's a work in progress, but I do think the arrow's up. And for a while there, you know, after Reggie got hurt, the arrow was even and even pointed down a little bit at times. So there you go, Rutgers head coach Greg Schiano. Audio there from Rutgers. Uh, Greg, usually kind of a, a glass half full guy, a little bit more, I guess, cautious when talking about his offensive line. There, uh, certainly not uh, kind of the the positive, you know, uh, quotes that we're used to hearing from him about a lot of positions. Of course, complimentary to his players and coaches, but he certainly seems to know the task not only in front of him but in front of Augie Hoffman as well. Yeah, listen, I mean, that was not that was not coach speak. I mean, that was pretty blunt. That was pretty straightforward about the state of that unit. And it's always been that way. He's always he's always spoken very um, straightforward about, you know, the issue that Rutgers is facing when it comes to its offensive line. And because I think anybody can see it. I mean, you watch the games and it just wasn't good enough. It wasn't consistent enough. At times it played well. You know, there, there, there were games where it, it played better than um, maybe some people expected it to. And, and it looked like maybe the issue was fixed. But then the next game, it just you know, it did struggled. And listen, a lot of that has to do with the fact that big 10 defenses are really good. I mean, it's not easy to compete in the big 10. I mean, these guys are big, they're physical. And that's a big thing too, that we should also mention is that 
Rutgers has brought in offensive linemen that have Big Ten size. I mean, J.D. Dorenzo, 6'6", Willie Tyler, 6'7". They already are joining a unit that has Holland Pierce, who's 6'8". I mean, so they're they're big, strong, physical guys, and that's something that Rutgers needed a lot more of, too, to really compete. And we'll see how, how much that translates. But, yeah, you know, going back to, to what Shiano was saying, I mean, he, he's been straightforward about it, there's no doubt, and um, Rutgers needs improvement from that unit. Yeah, and, and like we said, the spring is to try to figure out the best combination and figure out who belongs where, uh, try to evaluate the talent you have in front of you and see where they would work best in this system because Coach Augie Hoffman was asked uh, about spring and, and kind of the translation from spring to fall if it helps him figure out his starting five offensive linemen. Here's what the Rutgers offensive line coach had to say. That's a hard thing to do because it's, it, it's such an interesting position, right? First of all, everybody's got to stay healthy. Second of all, we got to gel together, right? We got to make sure we find the right guys. I mean, the sooner the better, but we're we're not there yet. We got to figure out, you know, who are going to be those guys that, that do it consistently on a daily basis. So it sounds like Rutgers will not have their starting five offensive linemen set in stone come the end of spring. It sounds like certainly something that's going to carry over in the fall. Not necessarily a bad thing because you want that time to start to evaluate uh, the guys in front of you. And like Shiano said earlier, he'll have more guys coming in uh, in the fall, some of the freshmen coming in. So uh, not the worst thing in the world, but obviously uh, you hear it there from Coach Hoffman, a work in progress. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, listen, I mean, an ideal world would they like to know who the best five are right now and even, you know, going into training camp, of course. But that's just not always possible, especially when you're trying to revamp things and, and you have new players that, you know, you're still trying to get familiar with and trying to get them ready for a rigorous Big Ten schedule. So it's not always easy to get it done this early. So, again, as we've said last season, they never were able to find that consistent five and, and stick with it. They're hoping to do that this year. We'll see if they get there. Um, the one player that they obviously do have to replace is, is Nick Crimmon, uh, who spent time at center and guard last season. They, they moved him to guard when they started uh, putting two freshmen, at that point, a true freshman, Gus Linskis, in at center. So they have to replace Nick Crimmon. Um, we'll see who, who gets that role. But, again, as I, as I keep saying, they have options now, and that's, a, that's significant because that's not something that they had. And it seems like, too, you know, within that room – you know, Augie was talking yesterday about com- kind of like the camaraderie and, and, and they enjoy being around each other. And, and that's important because that obviously, you know, you need an offensive line that has cohesiveness. And that's also another reason why I think they would like to identify that best five so that those guys can develop cohesiveness together. But, you know, we'll see when that happens again, as I, as I keep saying. Um, but, you know, it's, it's I think that the, the ingredients are there for improvement. We'll just see what that translates to when September rolls around. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if we keep harping on the offensive line and, and, you know, if you listen to this show and you know football and you love football, uh, it's no secret why an offensive line is so important, especially when you're trying to rebuild a program like Greg Schiano is trying to do. That's kind of the, the keystone in, in which you build upon a program, because obviously the offensive line, they give your quarterback time to throw. They give your wide receivers time to get open. They give your running backs room to run. And from the quotes this past week uh, from Greg Schiano talking about both his quarterbacks and his running backs, uh, a work in progress there as well. We're going to play you two quotes from him back-to-back talking about first his quarterbacks and then his running backs. Yeah, you know, the quarterback play today was a little inconsistent in my my opinion. Um, and probably could say that for the whole spring, right? There's some really good things and then some sloppy things. I think uh, whether it's thinking too much or not understanding it totally – but there's some things that we've done kind of nonchalantly that uh, you can't do. You know, the, the, every down is gold, and you got to treat it as such. We do. You know, right now, it, without Aaron, it, uh, it changes the, the look of that room. 
Uh, I thought Kyle did some good things today. Um, you know, Ja did some things today. I thought, you know, but again, we have to run more physically. You know, I think sometimes we're looking for the home run and not just, you know, threes turn into 30s when you just keep taking the threes. And they come popping out of there eventually. When you're trying to get the 30s, they're twos, ones, you know. So you don't want to take their instinct away, that's for sure. So you want to leave their, that's why you recruited them. But we just got to get a little bit more downhill, I think. So a few different directions, I guess we could go there. Of course, quarterback and running back relies so heavily on the offensive line. But if you take the offensive line kind of out of the equation, like Greg Schiano is doing right there, he certainly wants to see more out of those two very important positions this spring. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, the, the quarterback situations, um, you know, obviously one of the most intriguing storylines of the spring with, you know, Noah Vegel, a two-year returning starter, um, and, you know, coming back and, and you have two younger guys in, in Gavin Wimsett and Evan Simon who are kind of pushing him for, for that role and are going to have to earn it, as we've talked about before. Um, no one's going to be given the job. They're going to have to earn it. And so, you know, whether or not they're able to do that come season opener, you know, we'll see. But, you know, again, obviously, as, as Greg Shiano said, they've, they've kind of been in his view up and down in the spring. Um, so we'll have more from him, uh, you know, after actually tomorrow, we're recording this on Friday. So tomorrow they have their second scrimmage of the spring. So, you know, we'll hear from him after that and get his impressions on, you know, the way that they played and if there's any improvement. But, yeah, that's going to be a big, you know, storyline as, as that continues. And then with the running backs, you know, they're, running back's an interesting position for them. Um, you know, they obviously have to replace Isaiah Pacheco, who is there leading rusher the last three seasons. He's now headed for the NFL. You have Aaron Young coming back, but he was banged up, so he's still recovering from an injury, so he's out for the spring. And then, you know, Kyle Manungai, the Don Bosco prep product, he was he impressed last season, and, and you know, he's a very physical runner. He kind of is kind of what Greg Schiano was describing there. He's a tough, physical downhill runner, absorbs contact, moves the pile. Uh, he he I, Fans really liked watching him play last season, so I, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. And then you obviously have younger guys in the in the in the pipeline like Al Shadi Salam, um, and then a really talented running back coming in and, and Sam Brown. And we'll see what he can do if if he's able to make an impact as a freshman. Uh, he's he's not on campus yet. He will be um, obviously here for for training camp, but uh, he was not an early enrollee. So again, tough to say what true freshmen are going to be able to do in this in this conference. But you know he has a lot of potential. He's a four star uh, recruit. So. You know, that's, it's an interesting position. And, and one other guy, Patterson Kennedy, product, Jameer Wright Collins, he's a big, strong kid. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, he's in that mix too. It's an interesting position. And, and again, it just kind of, you know, we'll see, you know, if they're able to get improvement there. But, uh, you know, I was talking to Kyle Manungai um, earlier this week, and, and he was saying too that they, they're just, they really get along well. He said it's not necessarily about anybody stepping up into a spot, into a starting spot. It's just everybody has to step up collectively to kind of help replace, you know, Isaiah Pacheco's production. Um, and, and really just kind of, uh, you know, have the kind of running back room that, that Rutgers needs to be successful. So, you know, we'll see what that leads to. But they have potential there um, and some talent. And, and, and just, you know, as, as Greg Shion said, it's about running more physically, running more downhill. So, you know, we'll see what that leads to once the season rolls around. Yeah, and just trying to, to sharpen the way they think as well. Almost you want them to, to think about not thinking. Just take the yardage in front of them. Don't try to hit a home run every single time. For every highlight reel run where you run 20 yards backwards to gain 50 yards, you know, those turn into some pretty ugly losses at times as well. And for Rutgers offense that needs the yardage and needs all the, the first downs they can get, certainly just need to take what's in front of you and, and trust your instincts, like he said there. Uh, you wonder if that's a competition aspect of spring, trying to, to compete for starting roles or, or whatnot. Not, but certainly 
that's what spring ball is all about, trying to iron out those bad habits and trying to sharpen things so then when it is the fall and maybe the weather will be better in the fall, I don't know, we'll see, uh, then it's time to really go and get ready for the season. So spring practice continues along. We'll get some answers. Maybe we won't get some answers in the coming weeks, but of course, we'll be here to talk about it each and every week on the chop. Chris, as, uh, as we wrap up another week of practice, any final thoughts as we look ahead to the coming week? Well, first of all, the weather looks better this week, so that'll be uh, that'll be a welcome, <laughs> welcome change. Is we're not going to be freezing outside and you know watching practice anymore. It'll actually be warm. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you know, again, I, I, nobody should expect us to get any firm, you know, conclusions once spring ends. This is all about just kind of seeing who they have. This is it's a, this is a really really interesting time for this program um, because of you know now they have a few recruiting classes in under under Shiano with all the transfers. This program, you know, it's, it's going to look a little bit different. And and what that looks like when, you know, when the season opener rolls around remains to be seen. They have a lot of young talent, a lot of young potential. And, you know, where that goes is is the big question. Um, so it's an intriguing time. And, and and as spring continues and then once the training camp rolls around, it's, it's um, you know, we're going to we're going to got a lot of storylines to follow here. So we'll be there for all of it. Yes, absolutely. Interesting for for guys like us who talk about this team and have a podcast like this and and certainly exciting for the fans who are looking forward to both the immediate and long-term future of this program. We'd like to thank you for listening to The Chop, our spring episode four. Uh, Of course, continue to follow Chris. He's at Practices Reporting on the Scarlet Knights. Give him a follow. Read his stories on NorthJersey.com and APP.com. If you like what you hear here in the spring, of course, tell your friends to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button so you get a notification every time we do a new episode and thank you for listening to the chop our spring edition episode four for chris eisman i'm ryan ross and we'll talk to you next week